You remember how awesome the book fair was when you were a kid? Yeah? I mean, I still like the book fair now. Okay? I've been out of elementary school for a long time. And when my, when my kids tell me about the book fair, I'm secretly more excited about it than they are. Okay? I don't go to take them to buy books. I go looking for books for me. Okay? I love the book for you. You walk in the library and there's like these metal cases set up like you've never seen books on a shelf before in the library. But you go in and it's just incredible because the, the possibilities are, are endless. And I remember when I was in about third grade or, or fourth grade, there were these books that got, got really, really popular called the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Who's familiar with those? few of you are. Well, they are really great. The Choose Your Own Adventure books were kind of, uh, they're written in the, in the second person, okay? And so as you read these books, you have to make choices. And the choices will determine the outcome of what happens in that book. And there can be up to 40 different outcomes that, that take place, okay? And so you're, you, you might be Doing one thing, you know, you kind of start off reading the book and it's kind of setting the scene. I remember there was one, it was just kind of like, uh, kind of like Night at the Museum. I'm trapped in a museum, and so I read for a few pages, and then I have to make a choice, okay? If I want to turn right and go into the mummy room, I go to page 37, okay? But if I want to go on down into the, the other room that's got all the dinosaurs, I go to page 44. And so... You always are curious about what it is. And so you choose one of these paths. And then crazy stuff always happens. Here's three of these books. There's like 185 of these things. I didn't know that until this morning. But there's a bunch of them. The Cave of Time is one of the ones that I read when I was a kid. I want to read you an excerpt from it. You're hiking in Snake Canyon when you find yourself lost in the strange dimly lit cave of time. Gradually, you can make out two passageways. One curves downward to the right. The other leads upward to the left. It occurs to you that the one leading down may go to the past and the one leading up may go to the future. Which way will you choose? If you take the left branch, turn to page 20, if you take the right branch, turn to page 61. If you walk outside of the page, turn to page 21. Be careful. In the cave of time, you might meet up with a hungry Tyrannosaurus Rex or be lured aboard an alien spaceship. And I loved those books as a kid. You know, you're swimming along, you're looking for Atlantis, okay? And if you choose one direction to swim in, you might just discover Atlantis. Okay, and that's okay. But if you choose to go a different route, you might get mauled by a shark. And you always choose that one. I always chose the one most likely to end in death in the book, just to see how it turns out. Ended up in the room full of mummies, trying to outrun the mummies. Ended up trying to outswim a shark, which, unless you're Michael Phelps, is impossible. Okay? But you always did that 
But the beauty of these books is you can go back to where you started from. And you could choose, you could choose a different path, a different way, and have a better outcome. Now, then, what was great is that at the, at the beginning of those books, they always had this, this disclaimer or this warning. And it says, this book is different from other books. You and you alone are in charge of what happens in this story. There are dangers, choices, adventures, and consequences. You must use all of your numerous talents and much of your enormous intelligence. Really buttering you up here. The wrong decision could end in disaster, even death. But don't despair. At any time, you can go back, you can make another choice, alter the path of your story, and change its results. Well, today, from Acts chapter 3, we're going to do something similar to this. We're going to let you choose kind of your own path or your own character in the story. Just a couple of minutes ago, you received a slip of paper that looks just like this. And that's the characters that are in this story. Now then, before we get into it, I want you, not really knowing anything about the story, unless you just happen to read ahead, I want you to choose one of these, one of these characters. Apostles, there's a crippled man, and then there's people in the crowd. So right now, just take a second and lock it in in your head, and because in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about this. Now, make sure that you have one of the three of these represented at your table. In other words, we don't need a whole table full of just the crowd. Okay, We don't need a whole table full of apostles or a whole table full of crippled people. Make sense? So make sure you've got one of each at your table. When you do, give me a thumbs up. Somebody, a representative from your table, give me a thumbs up that we're ready to move on. Tim and Sharon are going to have some problems. Alright, you guys ready? You got one of each? What about you guys? Y'all ready? Your table ready? Good, table in the back is ready. What about our middle table right here? You guys ready? What about the back table? Tell us, you guys ready? Got a halfway thumbs up. This one's ready? And, Rose, is your time? Good. So everybody's got their own character. Good. Now then, don't change characters midstream, okay? Don't change characters. Who you are is who you are. Stay with that character. Now, as I begin to read this story in just a minute, I want you to put yourself in the story. Just as we've been doing our Pray 21, and it has invited us to use our imaginations, I want you to do that. Imagine everything. Imagine the scene. Imagine the sounds. Imagine the smells and what you might see and the things that you might hear or, or even experience. You know, is it a sunny day? Is it a cloudy day? All of those things. Use your imagination as we read through this story together. Okay, has everybody, if you have chosen a character, raise your hand. Give me a thumbs up. 
Looks like everybody's got one. Good. Well, let's begin reading together in Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple for the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. A man who was lame from birth was being carried there. He was placed each day at the temple gate called Beautiful so that he could beg from those entering the temple. Can you imagine that? Here is a man who has never taken a step in his entire life. But every single day he is carried to the temple or to the gates around the temple and laid at the gate so that that he can beg because he can't do anything else. He can't work. He can't provide for himself or a family or anything else. So the only option that is available to the crippled man or the crippled person, if that's you, The only option available to you is to lay there and beg people to help you. Now then, there's there's something really ironic that I notice in this story. You have this, this crippled person, and he's laid at the temple gate. Did you notice the name of the gate? What is it? Beautiful. Why do you think it's called beautiful? It's not a trick question. Because it's beautiful. Okay, it's a beautiful gate that surrounds the temple, yet there is something incredibly not beautiful about this scene, isn't there? You have somebody who has never taken a step in their entire life, and they're just laying at this gate, dependent, dependent upon everyone else. Well, let's keep reading. Verse 3, when he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, Peter, along with John, looked straight at him and said, look at us. So he turned, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then, taking him by the right hand, he raised him up. And at, once on his, and at once his feet and his ankles became strong, so he jumped up and he started to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all of the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized that he was the one that used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple. So they were all filled with awe and astonishment and what had happened to him. Now, we have all three of the characters that have shown up in these, these first ten verses of, of this story. This guy is laying there. He's begging for help. And then you have Peter and John, the apostles. Okay, Now then, who, who chose the apostles? Who chose to be one of the apostles in here? Good, female apostle, I'm glad. I was hoping somebody would choose one of them. Good. They're walking to the temple, and imagine seeing this guy laying there. Now then, a lot of times when we see somebody in need, 
What is our reaction? Keep going. Turn our head, right? Okay? That's so easy to do, is it not? And, and a lot of times, you know, a lot of times we're sort of trained to do that. Because, you know, you, you don't know if that person's crazy. You don't know what they're going to do. You know, that's just sort of we, we get conditioned to do those things. But Peter and John, as they're walking into the temple, who chose the crippled person? Peter and John pass right by the crippled person who is begging for help. He begins to beg. Begins to ask for help. Begins to ask for money. And Peter and John, they look at this guy and say, hey, look, I don't have any money. But I do have something else. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And, you know, that's kind of the thing with God. God always does immeasurably more than beyond what we can ask for or imagine, right? What this guy really wanted was just financial help, but what he actually receives is a healing. And it says instantly he's better and he jumps up. His ankles are strong and he's jumping and he's hopping and he's skipping and he's cartwheeling and he's somersaulting and probably kicking stuff, and who knows whatever else you can do with your feet. But he's praising God, and he's holding on to, to, to John and to Peter, and he is praising God. And then you have the crowd. Who chose the crowd? If you're in the crowd, walking with the crowd. Okay, you're walking along, and you're watching this and going like, what? What just happened here? Did I really see this happen? This guy, who's never taken a step before in his life, just went skip to my loo across the temple court. You know, you, you're watching in astonishment. That's exactly what happens to the crowd. It says that they, they watched in amazement. You know, as you, you read this story, you got the whole Christ-centered community thing happening right here. Because who is it? Who is it that heals the guy? Yeah, God, it's Christ. Okay, you've got the community. There's God's people surrounding, watching in, 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 in amazement. And then what do they do when the miracle happens? They celebrate what God has done. You have this Christ-centered community wrapped up right here, right here in this, in this story. So now, here's what I want you to do. Some questions that you see on the, on the screen behind me. You can see you've made your choice. Apostle, crippled man, or in the crowd. There's a song that's going to play in just a second. It's about four minutes long. And now what I want you to do is spend time talking with the people around your table. Kind of answering these questions right here. What did you experience? What did you see? How did you feel? Kind of describing the scene, and how you felt as you let yourself be immersed into this text. So I'm going to start the song, begin talking with your table, let everybody have a turn, don't, don't, don't hog it all, let everybody have a turn, but I want, to hear, I want to hear from you. Go ahead. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from me 
So we had a chance to uh, kind of describe what you felt, saw, and uh, experienced. Good. Who, uh, who, who would like to share with us? All right, Deborah, wait till I get to you so I can hand you this. Tell us, tell us who you chose and, and what you, just pick one of those and tell us about it. I picked the crowd, and uh, I was 
telling the group here, I was wondering if uh, maybe the crowd felt a little guilty. Oh, yeah, guilty. Because they had never helped this man before. Yeah. Or, you know, and then to see what he could become. Yeah, right. To have had some encouragement or something. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah, John. Tell us who you chose and what your experience was. I chose the apostles. And my experience from this, this story was um, compassion for our fellow man, um, which is what Jesus wants us to do even today right. as his followers, as his disciples. He wants us to have compassion. And you said it yourselves. Most folks in this, in this day and time, we kind of walk right by people that's in, a, that's in need. Right. But if we can meet a need, then that's what we should we should do so Definitely. we should have compassion for for everybody Definitely. yeah Definitely. very good very good yeah Ronnie tell us uh, who you chose and what's your experience well I well I chose uh, the cripple man because I run into people at, and uh, I have compassion for them it reminds me to have compassion for people it's easy to it's easy to walk by I hadn't always stopped and you know I've kind of turned some away too but then I put myself in that position and realized that you, you need to at least speak to them or talk to them yeah. or say a kind word thank you let's get somebody on this side of the room well, I chose the crippled man because many times I feel crippled <laughs> in my body yeah and uh, if someone healed me, I would be amazed and happy and joyful. Yeah. What would you do if all of a sudden you could take a first step in your life? What's the first thing you'd do? Well, first I'd probably cry with happiness. Yeah, right. <laughs> and maybe dance. Yeah, and run you know, and dance. play and yeah. <laughs> tell dance. everybody. Run, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Who else? Somebody else from, from this side of the room over here. What I was saying was uh, when the apostles, they, they look straight at him, that a lot of times, you know, as you're trying to go by, um, you've got to look straight at the people. Sure. And as far as what did you see, it's like you see God at work. Sure, yeah. And as I told everybody here, how do you feel? How would you feel to see God right. at work? Right. I mean, just the, the joy of all that. Very good. Very good. Very good. Who else? Let's get a couple more. What was your experience? Who did you choose? Yeah, to, uh, yeah, Willie. Now let me bring this to you. I, I know the I know the Lord saved me, and I ain't I, I thank the Lord, and I ain't saying it to nobody. Right. That's right. Did you choose the crippled man? I see that. You can relate to him. Anybody else? Going once, going twice, Spay. Tell us who you chose and what your experience was. I chose to equip a man, but I saw in the equip a man that the miracle that God done. It was a miracle for him to go out to supply his own self. You know, he was equipped right. at, the, at the beautiful gate for years and years. He thought he was going to be that way for a lifetime, mm. but now God healed him, and now he can go out and work for himself and take care of his own self. Right. 
That's what I saw in the right. crippled man. God is good. Very good. Very good. That's beautiful. And something beautiful happened at that beautiful gate. Very good. Very good. Thank you for your, uh, thank you for your comments and, uh, and your, uh, your, your interaction. You know, it's, it's, um, it's kind of a cool thing when you put yourself in the story, is it not? And when you hear other people's perspective, this is how we read Scripture communally together as a group, and you, you hear the collective wisdom from, from one another. So it's really just kind of a, a cool exercise about, about what's going on. Now then, what happens next, for those of you who, who chose the apostles, Peter stands up, he sees that the crowd is amazed. And he stands up and, and he, begins, he begins to preach. Look at verse 11. While he was holding on to Peter and John, all the people were utterly astonished, ran toward them in what is called Solomon's colonnade or Solomon's porch, if you've heard that language before. When Peter saw this, he addressed the people. Fellow Israelites, why are you amazed at this? Why do you stare at us as though we made him walk by our own power or godliness? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and denied before Pilate, though he had decided to release him. You denied the holy and the righteous one and asked to have a murderer released to you. You killed the source of life whom God raised from the dead, and we are witnesses of this by faith in his name. His name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. So that faith comes through Jesus Christ, has given him this perfect health in front of you all. And now, brothers and sisters, I know that you acted in ignorance, just as your leaders did. In this way, God fulfilled what he had predicted through all the prophets, that the Messiah would suffer. Therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that they may send, that he may send Jesus, who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. Peter looks at the crowd in their utter amazement. And he begins to tell them about Jesus. This wasn't done through us. We didn't heal this guy. God is the one behind the healing. The power source behind the healing is not us. It is from God. It is through Jesus who, by the way, you crucified. You, who chose the crowd. Nobody want to raise their hand now, do they? <laughs> Don't worry, we're all in the crowd at some point. Okay, But the crowd is what he said. Hey, look, crowd. You crucified him. Okay, now you were misled by your, your leaders, and I understand that you acted in ignorance. You didn't completely, you know, you, you missed it. But you crucified him. But, did you see what Peter does? He offers them a choice. Just like in the books, you get to go back and get a do-over. Okay, he says, hey, look, you killed him. You made a bad choice. Okay, it was in the book, but you chose the other way. Now, 
if you'll go back and choose something else, if you'll go back and repent, your sins will be wiped out. This story invites each of us to do that. Because ultimately at some point, like I said a minute ago, we all find ourselves in the crowd, right? We all find ourselves in the crowd. To repent, some people say it's you know going one way and then turn around and decide to go the other way. That's, that's not the best way to think of it. Repentance is a change of mind and heart that brings about a change in our actions. Okay, that's what repentance is. And so this is what Peter is telling these people. Look, change your mind about this. Understand, it's not us, it's God. It's Jesus who, who, who you crucified. And if you will repent, if you'll change your mind, change your heart, that'll change your actions, turn back to God, your sins will be wiped out. Everything that you are guilty of will be gone. And then an added benefit, you will receive seasons of refreshing from the Lord. Now who could use a season of refreshing in their life right now? All of us could, right? Every single one of us need this refreshing in our lives. And this is what Peter and John are offering to the crowd. The same offer is still available to every single one of us today. Okay? We've got the book. What will we, what will we choose? Now, you remember the disclaimer back at the beginning? Where it says that you and you alone are in charge of what happens at the story at any time down at the bottom. You can go back and make another choice after that. You know, you alter the path, change the results. Okay, the difference is, while we can go back and, and make, uh, choose the different path, it's not us that changes the result. It's God that changes the result. It's Jesus who brings about the change. We have to say, just like Peter and John, it's not us I'm going to choose to do something different. I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. I'm going to choose to be a part of a Christ-centered community, but it is Christ, it is God that is going to bring about the change in my life. Are you with me? Good. So as you go home from here, I want you to, or I want you to think about these things. I want you to think about these things as we, we sing our invitation song in just a minute. What do I need in order to receive blessings from God? Are there things in my life that threaten to cripple my faith? That's a good question, isn't it? Because we all know that there are things constantly trying to break loose in our life that will destroy our faith. Am I right? Okay. Who in here has not experienced a hardship of some kind? We all have. Because we're human, right? And life happens. We've, I mean, we've all been touched by sickness. We've all been touched by death. 
financial loss, job insecurity. You know, we've experienced, we've experienced those kinds of things. Are there things in your life that are threatening to cripple your faith? Have I asked God for healing through the powerful name of Jesus? I'm often surprised at how many people know what to do, yet never do it. And I don't think it's necessarily because they, they, they have some disbelief. I think it's because it's, there's some unworthiness there. Thinking that God can't love me enough to forgive me. Or I'm, I'm too sinful, I'm too dirty, I'm too whatever. And so I, I can't ask for this. But you can. Peter said, turn back, repent. Times of refreshing will come your way. Your sins will be wiped out. And then this last question, are there things that I need to repent of? Yeah, and probably the answer is a unanimous yes. Because we've all blown it. We all have things where we, you know, we kind of get messed up and, and sideways. And man, there's things that, while I might not be able to think of something right off the top of my head, I know there's something there that I've done that I don't even know I need to repent of, right? Something that I didn't think was a sin or something that I've done to offend somebody that I'm not aware of. I mean, I, there's, there's always something that I need to do. I need to be turning back to God. So what I want you to do is I want you, as you choose your own adventure, I want you to choose Jesus. I want you to choose to be a part of the Christ-centered community. And I want you to choose to celebrate what God is doing in your life. Let's pray together.